minus one minute. T-minus 50 seconds. T-minus 40 seconds. T-minus 30 seconds. T-minus 20 seconds. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am here and welcome, of course, to the Women's Wrestling Talk Smackdown and Rampage After Show um, Of course my name is Stephanie Hardy Host and creator of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast Host of Women's Wrestling Talk Various After Shows And commentator for the Belladonna Division Battle Club Pro And Black Girl Magic 2 And I am just happy to be here To talk about everything that went down On Smackdown and Rampage um, On to night um it was a power-packed night of wrestling considering smackdown was on for its regular hours um and then rampage was having its grand slam show so it was on for a special two hours instead of the regular one so there is a whole lot of wrestling stuff to go through and talk about so that is why we are a little late but either way we're here to go through everything that went down um sadly my tag team partner our editor-in-chief Drian santana will not be on tonight because she is on assignment at impact victory road so we do wish her the best and she will be back next week So for now it is just me Your girl Stephanie Hardy So I'm going to be discussing everything that happened On Smackdown first And then of course we're going to go to Rampage And of course If you guys are in the comments or in the chat Tell tell me Tell us here at Women's Wrestling Talk How you guys felt about both Smackdown and Rampage And you might pop up in the comments On the show So you'll be on in our live feed And then of course you know, you'll show up on the video Once we put it up So Smackdown of course began With an appearance from Our tribal chief Our head of the table 
Mr. Roman Reigns himself, but of course he did not come alone. He came flanked with the entire bloodline um, in, of course, the undisputed tag team champions, the Usos, his cousins, Solo Sokoa, who of course sadly um, did lose his NXT North American title in terms of the whole NXT and it being stripped from him by Shawn Michaels and now that title being vacated. Um, and then he was also out there with Sami Zayn and, of course, Paul Heyman. And, of course, him and Paul Heyman were basically talking about how it's not right to speak against um the tribal chief or speak against him or boo the wise man they were of course in salt lake city utah um but at the same time they were basically just talking about you know how it's great to just acknowledge him and they came out in their new t-shirts and everything and it was great and then they did bring up drew mcintyre who of course you know was defeated by roman reigns at clash of the castle and um he was saying that he had another bridge to cross um, hint, hint, basically um, alluding to his problems with Karrion Cross, which we'll, which we will talk about later on in the show. So then after that, they drew their attention to Solo Sokoa and said that he was basically sent by the elders of the Samoan dynasty um, to watch over the bloodline in the absence of Paul Heyman being injured at the SummerSlam match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and the craziness that that was. And Roman basically directed his attention, as you can see, towards Solo and said, look, um, the elders may have sent you, but you still have to acknowledge me because I am the tribal chief. And Solo seemed to have no issue with that. He grabbed a microphone and said, look, I acknowledge you. It's okay. Um, I basically acknowledge you. And that's all it was. And then they hugged each other and Roman um, told him that he loved him and it was a very tender moment between them as, of course, the Usos and Sami Zayn and Paul watched on. Um, but then in the midst of that, as they were getting ready to um, beef themselves up for the Usos' match against the Brawling Brutes and they were getting ready to make their grand exit from the ring, Sami Zayn decided, of course, to acknowledge the tribal chief on his own and talk about how he feels how he felt it necessary to acknowledge him by himself but roman asked him he was just like what is your purpose with hanging out with us like why do you care so much about acknowledging me like why are you here and it almost gave the impression that he was getting ready to kick Sami Zayn out of the bloodline for good. And it looked like it made Jay Uso so happy. He was walking back and forth like he was getting ready to beat up Sami Zayn, you know, if Roman Reigns gave the word. But he did rip off his T-shirt like Roman told him to do, as you can see in this picture. And Jay was happy to oblige him. But then in the midst of all of that, Roman Reigns told him, I never want to see you in a Bloodline t-shirt again, but I don't want you to, I don't want to see you in this one because I got you a new one. And the t-shirt said, Honorary Ooze. And as you can see, Sami Zayn was very joyful about that, very excited at the idea that he has an official t-shirt now, just like the rest of them. Um, and it literally says honorary Uso. And in the corner, it's like you can see Jay Uso being kind of mad about it, like wondering why this is happening. 
But Sami Zayn is just thrilled and elated because he thought for sure, like, oh, my God, I might get kicked out. But that's not what happened here. So Sami gave him an embrace and loved upon him and hugged him. Roman didn't necessarily like that. But either way, all the bloodline except Jey Uso hugged him. So Sami was really feeling himself all night because of this. He was beating up on... um um madcap moss and ricochet and um solo sokoa helped him and everything so it was just pretty interesting to see all of that go down but Sami Zayn is still a part of the bloodline as the honorary ooze and this is what we've got going on and it's funny because as i've talked about over the past couple of weeks i thought for sure maybe Sami Zayn would get kicked out in the since the presence of Solo Sokoa is going to be on SmackDown a whole lot more, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. But in the comments, you know, feel free to tell me how you guys felt about Sami Zayn getting an honorary Ooze t-shirt. And if you think he'll be in the bloodline for a long period of time, or if you think his, his days are numbered, or if you feel like he's just doing too much, just tell me how you guys felt about that. It was pretty interesting. So moving on, of course, with the rest of SmackDown, we had another match that wasn't necessarily advertised, but it was still intriguing nonetheless, between the SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan and um, Lacey Evans, who is making a little bit of a comeback um, since the change of leadership and stuff. So she was seeking to sort of prove that Liv Morgan wasn't extreme enough to go up against the likes of Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules in the coming weeks. So this match was a really good match. Um, and it was a great starter, you know, for in-ring action. You had Liv Morgan, you know, just lighting Lacey Evans up with some of her signature kicks. But then Lacey was also catching some of her kicks as well and some of her blows. And then she was planting her with big boots as well, smacking her and like knocking her down and stuff like that. Like really like Lacey was taking Liv to task in this match a whole lot. And there was even a point where she grabbed um, Liv Morgan and had her in a headlock and was talking trash at her and saying, you're not extreme enough. You're not good enough to be a champion and all of that. And it was just really extreme to the point to where Liv Morgan just didn't want to take it anymore. And she proceeded to beat up on her um, and get the advantage in the match. And um, she hit her with the oblivion and wound up winning. But then as she was um, celebrating, she decided to take it a little bit further. And it's very funny because on commentary, Corey Graves was just talking about how she, how he felt like Liv had just lucked her way out of this match um, in terms of winning and that that wasn't going to work against the likes of Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules because she's just not extreme enough. But what's so funny is Lacey earlier in the match brought out a kendo stick to use on Liv, but then Liv, you know, got a hold of it and finally beat her and beat her up with it at the end of the match and knocked her out of the ring and basically just beat her like a bad child, which was a common theme for tonight. But we'll get into that a little bit later. And then, of course, Liv decided to get even more extreme and pull out a table. And the crowd, of course, loves the tables. So they love that she brought out the table and then she planted Lacey Evans on the table and jumped off of the top rope and crashed Lacey Evans through the table and sat up like she did nothing in a very triumphant way. So this was Liv Morgan's way of saying that I am ready 
four extreme rules and I will do whatever it takes to keep my SmackDown women's title. And you're not just going to undermine me or look down on me just because I'm not the baddest woman on the planet. Um, because they did allude to, of course, the fact that a few years ago at Extreme Rules, Liv Morgan was a fan and now she is the SmackDown women's champion. And her journey is beautiful. But when it comes to going up against someone like Ronda Rousey, who has all this UFC background and was a long reigning Raw Women's Champion once upon a time, a lot of people are just undermining Liv. And Liv is just here to let us know that at this Extreme Rules match, you will not undermine me and you will not, you know, make it seem like I'm just going to get run over. Like I am going to fight tooth and nail to keep this SmackDown Women's title. So tell me in the comments if you guys did feel that Liv, you know, had a great showing in this match against Lacey Evans. And also let me know if you guys feel that Liv Morgan can retain her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules in a couple of weeks. This was really good here. I love this match. So moving on further in the card we had um the maximum male models of course making their fabulous entry here um at the beginning of their tag team match masayam monswa um against the new day who were dressed up um here again as um thor and loki and what's so funny is i found that Co that um kofi kingston actually has in his twitter bio that he calls himself black thor and i thought that was really cute and interesting so yeah um shout out to goth vegan in the comments hello thank you for joining me um, talking about the women's match. This match made me want to see Liv as a heel. Ooh, that's interesting. But yeah, um, that match was really good. And if if Liv has an edge to her, she very well could be a heel. And a lot of people were pushing for Liv Morgan to be a heel, you know, after um, or at least during the time in which she and um, Rhea Ripley were a tag team. Um, but then they broke up and Rhea was the one who broke up with her first as opposed to Liv doing it. So Liv was never a heel. But either way, that would still be interesting. But going back to the New Day versus um, the Maximum Male Models, this was an interesting matchup here because, of course, you have Masse and Maswa, um bigging up the cameras of and, you know, just being their fabulous va-va-voom selves. But then you have the New Day who's seeking to bounce back after weeks upon weeks and weeks and weeks of losses. Oh, my God. I've just been so tired of watching the New Day lose so much. So I was really hoping that in this match, this, you know, this would be a good showing for them. But Marseille and Mansoir had their... um had their teamwork on display here as well. As you can see in this picture, you see Massey giving like a really big kick to Xavier Woods as um, Mansois is tripping up Xavier as well. Then you see Maxine Dupree taking pictures of their match and everything. So I did not know that she was also a photographer. I thought she was also just a model, but she is a multi-talented model. So she's out here taking pictures and stuff. Um, and, of course, they're posing or whatever because they got to do their three-second pose. Um, but in the midst of that, as they were focusing on posing and all that, they got unfocused. And Xavier wound up rolling up, I believe, Mansois or, well, no, Masse. And the New Day came out with the win. So this was a nice change of pace, thank goodness. Considering last week they did lose their um, opportunity to become the number one contenders 
for the undisputed tag team championships. And now, of course, this is their way of bouncing back in terms of beating the maximum male models. And something interesting that a lot of people have been pointing out is the journey that they're seeing Max Dupree take in terms of his frustration with the maximum male models. It's like he's really angry that they're not winning. And every time he gets mad about it, he tends to go to this very familiar place that we knew him for back in Black and Gold NXT when he was LA Knight. But because, of course, backstage last week, he was like, yeah. And it was like a quiet, yeah, but not like the yeah that we knew him for back then in NXT. And then after this match took place and after the New Day won, he was frustrated. And then he beat up on his jacket like he was Ric Flair. So I just, I don't know what this is going to entail or what this might mean for the future of Max Dupree and the Maximum Male Models. But either way, I don't know if this means they might break up or something. Like, I don't know. But either way, I know I enjoyed the Maximum Male Models. I thought it was funny and very campy and um, really different from anything we had seen before. But in the midst of that, I mean, if if they're going in a different direction now, then I can't necessarily, you know, blame them or doubt them for it, considering there's a change of leadership and Triple H might not be a fan of the whole models thing, but at the same time, you just never know. But let's go to the comments to see how people are feeling. Um, THM Rory, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, he borrowed Carmelo's, Carmelo's shorts tonight. Yeah, those shorts were giving Carmela, like definitely, those are really cute. In her fabulous era, that was cute. Um, and JD, of course, who is such a big fan, thank you for joining uh, me tonight. We love the Maximum Male Models, definitely. They love to titillate our senses, but they've just been on the struggle bus lately, so I don't know what that's going to take. So after that match, moving forward, we um, got... They showed the ring being reinforced before they went to commercial break. And the reason why the ring was being reinforced was because of these two big guys were getting ready to fight. Those Braun Strowman versus Otis of the Alpha Academy. And of course, you know, Chad Gable was going to come out with the shenanigans. Um, shout out to Katrina along um, with Otis to try to help him if need be. But they were, re but WWE staff, we're reinforcing it because these men are huge. And they did show the tail of the tape where they showed how much, you know, how much they weigh, you know, how tall they were, you know, what their physical and athletic attributes are, as well as how many pounds they can lift. And they can lift just about the same amount of pounds. So um, this match was, you know, a doozy. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this match. Um, so... Right here, of course, you see them, you know, circling each other, you know, before, of course, they do the lockup and start fighting. And something that I just noticed is just the fact that even though Chad Gable was out there, you got the you got the notion that Otis is somebody that's not to be played with or taken lightly at all. Because, of course, a lot of people do kind of joke about him and stuff like that because he was in heavy machinery and he was a goofy character. But he is a really imposing athlete as well. Who He has trained in the Greco-Roman style. So I wondered how much of this, of that, you know, would he apply to fighting someone as big and as imposing as Braun Strowman. But the answer is they were throwing each other around like sacks of potatoes. Like even Braun Strowman had like a really high kick here. 
um, a drop kick to Otis. Like, it was insane. I did not know that Braun Strowman could be this agile. You can tell he really has been working um, during his time away from WWE in terms of his agility and since he's gotten leaner in his um, appearance. But then you have Otis, who was also giving all kinds of suplexes too, lifting him up like it was no problem. And they were definitely putting that over on commentary. Even Michael Cole made mention of heavy machinery. And I was just like, oh my God, don't bring up heavy machinery. Because I loved them so much. I loved Otis and Tucker together. They were really cute and they should have been tag team champions. They really should have. But in the, you know... But in the grand scheme of life, you know, stuff happens. But either way, Heavy Machinery was one of my favorite tag teams. And now Otis is here and he's with the Alpha Academy. But this match was still really good. The ring didn't break in half. Um, and then there was even a point where I believe the Salt Lake City crowd was even rooting for Otis by chanting his name. And that's something we haven't heard a lot of with Otis, you know, since before the pandemic when him and Mandy Rose were becoming a thing like I hadn't heard anybody really cheering for Otis like that in such a long time and it was nice to hear that you know from everybody but even as Braun Strowman was running through and um attacking um Chad Gable who was trying to interfere in the match Braun Strowman still wound up winning after a couple of slams from the top rope and Braun Strowman, like I said, won the match. But Otis here wound up looking like a, a major star. So big ups to Otis, who really deserves a whole lot of more credit for his wrestling ability um, as well. So, yeah, this was a pretty good match between two big men. In the comments, JD is saying, Otis is greater than Strowman. Um, I, I respect that opinion. I respect that. Um, THM Rory says, I hope Otis goes over because he's so underrated. Definitely. He's very underrated. Um, most definitely. And JD is saying, yeah, that I guess that he agrees. So yeah, like he's really good. Like this match was really good. Um, you don't really see a lot of matches on mainstream wrestling television with a lot of big imposing men that are very even, um, evenly yoked in a way I don't want to evenly yoked yeah in the sense that they're they can both handle each other um so this match was really refreshing and really good in that sense and Braun Strowman is just going on his um I'm back tour so I'm gonna run through everybody so that was interesting but yeah Braun Strowman came out with the win here so um after that we got a little bit of an interaction with um drew mcintyre he came oh wait in the comments jd said i might have to find this match definitely find it find it and watch it so after that match we had an appearance from drew mcintyre who of course has a bone to pick with carrying cross who attacked him last week and he was saying that he basically you know he wants to face him um in at Extreme Rules, but in a very different type of match and not just on a one-on-one -on -one match. He has decided that he wants to face Karrion Cross in a good old-fashioned strap match. Um, and this is actually one of my one of my favorite matches um, in terms of like a stipulation. Um, because of course, you know, when it's a strap match, you know, you have to be wrapped, you have to have the strap wrapped around your wrist and you can't go anywhere. And essentially you guys can beat each other to death with your bodies as well as with that strap. And that's what Drew McIntyre wants to do. So as he was talking, 
Scarlet came out there and distracted him, of course, because she makes her entrance from the ramp. But then he was attacked from behind by Carrion. But then Drew McIntyre sort of caught him, you know, and then they proceeded to fight each other a little bit more and fight each other a little bit more. And as they fought, Drew was able to put Carrion Cross's wrist inside one of the slots of the um, strap. And they proceeded to fight even with the strap to kind of just show us what we are in for at Extreme Rules. And Drew McIntyre was really giving it to him with this strap. Like, it was giving me flashbacks of when my mom and my parents would basically discipline you after, you know, you got caught up in some drama at school. Like, it was just, oh my God, it was just terrible. Like, when they just get the belt or the switch or whatever and just be like, ah, you know, you, like, I told you not to do that. That's what was going on with Drew. Um and carrying here but then even when he got him in the corner and was about to beat up on him some more Scarlet came out there to defend him and protect him or whatever and of course you know Drew's a gentleman he's not gonna you know beat up on Scarlet because of course that's a woman and he's not gonna do that and so when he turned his back and Karrion crawled over to him or whatever and he was distracted with beating him up Miss Scarlet decided to hit Drew McIntyre in his man parts and in the hoo-ha and basically open it up for Carrion to choke him out and basically say that this is exactly what we wanted. I accept your challenge. So now it's official. We are getting Drew McIntyre versus Carrion Cross at Extreme Rules in a strap match. So in the comments, just tell me how you guys feel about a strap match. And do you guys really feel that Carrion Cross even still has the upper hand? Um with these mind games that he's been playing with Drew McIntyre lately and with him being choked out or whatever. Like, I really think this match might be brutal and I hope they make each other bleed. That sounds very, very masochistic, but I don't care. I just want them to destroy each other because for my own enjoyment, like that would just be really cool. So yeah, in the comments, JD is saying, I'm a, I, I'm going to assume Cross goes over since he just came back. He just might, but then you also have Drew who's looking to give a beatdown to somebody considering he's in a funk because he lost his title match um, against Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle um, in the UK. So it could go either way, but either way, I'm just really interested in seeing that. Um, is it me or maybe in between this segment I was waiting for the white rabbit reveal i was really waiting for the white rabbit reveal but somehow or another on twitter someone found that someone found like some coordinates that was alluding to the fact that we may find out more clues on monday instead of today but the thing is, it's like they had the date of 923. So we were thinking, okay, well, maybe we might see whoever this might be tonight. But we didn't. And I was just like, hmm, this is interesting. I know a lot of people are alluding to the fact that maybe the theme music was once used by Karen Cross, but he didn't use that tonight. A lot of people have been alluding that maybe it could be Wyndham Rotunda, formerly known as Bray Wyatt, but it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. 
Um, I know a long time ago with the code and everything, I would have assumed that maybe it was Chris Jericho, but clearly he is on another show um, <laughs> and with another company. So we know it ain't him. But either way, we just got to wait and see who this white rabbit person is and what these codes mean. Because um, it seems to be someone really important considering the white rabbit has a t-shirt now. So it's it's just a lot of cryptic stuff going on. But you just got to wait and see. And yeah, got to be patient. So moving on, um, we had more women's action um, in terms of Raquel um, Rodriguez. And whoa, having some technical difficulties. Excuse me, guys. Yeah, we had a match um, between Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai, who is, of course, the one half of the um, women's tag team champions. And, of course, Raquel Rodriguez came out and she was ready, of course, to get some level of vengeance upon um, Damage Control, who came out, of course, with Bailey, who's the leader of this um, faction. So in the midst of all of this that's going on, um, they started fighting and then Dakota Kai proceeded to beat up on um, Raquel and Raquel was using a lot of her power dynamic in the match. But then in the midst of that, you also had Dakota Kai and all of her happy little kicks that she tried to use. But then um, you also had Io Sky and Bailey being, you know, the distraction for Raquel to try to get her to lose that match. But then here again, just like last week, um, Shotzi came out to the aid of Raquel to basically even up the odds and beat up on Bailey and Eosky in order to keep Raquel from being distracted um, in her match. And she proceeded to lay Dakota Kai out with the Chingona bomb and they wound and she wound up winning that match. Now, something I just found it very interesting because the last time we saw Shotzi, you know, she was, you know, a bad guy. And then also it's just like the last time we saw Raquel, she was um, in a team with Aaliyah and they lost those tag titles. So I guess I'm trying to figure out where did Aaliyah go, number one. And number two, um what was this change of heart in Shotzi? I'm not mad about it because I love to cheer for Shotzi because I'm a fan of hers. But at the same time, I'm just like, um, why? But either way, I think that's really interesting. So JD is saying that he was waiting, that I think everyone was waiting for um, <laughs> the White Rabbit. Um, and then he's saying it has to be The Fiend. And then he's saying, LOL, happy little kicks. Yeah, because Dakota Kai, she'll kick you. <laughs> She will kick you um, and not care anything about it. Like it literally, that's literally how it goes. But I will also mention that on this episode of SmackDown, there was a watch party going on that was being held by Hit Row. 
and they were drinking and partying it up. And then one of, and then two of the guests that came were actually the street prophets. Then Natalia came, Sonia Deville was there, and then one mystery person was there. Um, and then Shinsuke Nakamura was there, and they were just looking to turn up. But then Los Lotharios came and interrupted the party twice. And the second time, they started a fight and attacked um, Ashanti the Adonis. And um, they got in the face of B-Fab while also attacking um, Top Dollar. And Top Dollar didn't take too kindly to that at all. So now next week, they're going to have a tag team match um, and fight them. Along with um, Sami Zayn and um, Solo Sokoa going up against Mad Cat Moss and Ricochet because of that attack that happened backstage. Um, and Shotzi and Bailey will be fighting on SmackDown um, next week as well. So it was lots of different announcements for various matches. Um, and I'm really sorry I can't show you guys the pictures, but I did work on these pictures. And I just don't understand why all the other ones did not show up for the women's match. Um, I literally don't get it. But, you know, technology is bound to fail you at some point. So I apologize. Um, yes, goth vegan in the comments saying someone always has to come and ruin the party. Right. Like, why can't you just let people be happy and just enjoy their things? Let people enjoy their parties. Let people enjoy their things. It's just so annoying. Um, yeah, JD starting mess. Like, he's saying usually is vegans, JK. Oh my God, let's not. Um, so... Moving on towards the main event, um, the main event was for, of course, the Undisputed SmackDown Women's Champion, well, no, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match between the Brawling Brutes and the Usos. Um, so this match was really stellar. Um, I wasn't necessarily able to get a whole lot of pictures of it, but I did get a video file for you guys to see it, just see a little bit of it, just in case you didn't. Um, this match was all over the place, but it was all over the place in a good way. So let's press play. I don't know why it's not playing. Oh, oh there super we go. Kick by Jay. <laughs> Double is rich. The Uso showing you why they're tag team champions. But Butch just not give up, does he? Butch second rope. Oh! Moonsault caught by the Usos! So as you guys can see, it was a lot of drama going on. Lots of super kicks going on and everything. So it's just... <laughs> It was just a lot going on in this match. But then you also had Butch and Ridge Holland were really bringing it towards um, the Usos as well. Like, of course, you had Butch breaking fingers and um, bending fingers backwards and showing all of his athletic prowess um, as well. And then you had Ridge tackling the Usos and doing all kinds of amazing stuff there. But then on the outside, you had Sami Zayn um, and Solo Sokoa 
sort of being the X factors in the match, you know, because of course they could interfere at any point. They had so much drama going on in the match, but this match was so good that they were going back and forth and back and forth. And Sheamus was out there with the brawling brutes as well. And it was just such, it was such a good match that you almost couldn't tell. It almost looked like for a second that the brawling brutes could win. It was so close. It was really, really close. But what did it and what sent everything over the edge was really when Sami Zayn pulled out a chair and he tried um, to get involved in the match, but then Sheamus pulled him away and then they got to fighting and then they started brawling. But then Imperium came because, of course, they still have unfinished business um, with Gunter and the brawling brutes with Sheamus and stuff. They interfered and they started fighting. And then, of course, the brawling brutes got distracted and the Usos took advantage of that, hitting the 1D on them. And they hit the one, two, three, and the Usos are still the undisputed tag team champions. But this match was really good. I do recommend you guys go back and watch it. It was probably one of the best tag team matches that they've had on SmackDown, on regular SmackDown television. Like, it was really good. It was really full of high action and high drama as well. You could even see Sami Zayn and Jey Uso going back and forth with each other arguing back and forth with each other because of course they have their tension um and it was almost to the point to where you thought that maybe Jay Uso could have lost the match for his brother because he was so distracted with Sammy like it was crazy um and a part of me wonders like if that had happened and if Jay was responsible for help making him and his brother lose the tag team titles would he get kicked out of the bloodline and then they would have kept Sammy and that would have caused more issues with them. Like that would have been really fire, but that's not what happened. They still retained. Sammy is still there. Jay still doesn't like it. It's a lot. But let's go to the comments. Um, our editor-in-chief, um, Santana, t- thank you for that compliment. Um, JD co-signing. Um, she also said, not he kicked my man in the face, honey. LOL. Yes, Yes, they did. They had a super kick party on Butch's face. I'm sorry. (laughs) They really were like hitting all the super kicks. It was crazy. Um, And then she said, just give us Jay and Sammy at Extreme Rules. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. That would be a stellar match. Jay Uso versus Sammy Zayn at Extreme Rules. Loser leaves the bloodline. That would be sick. Make it a ladder match too. Or make it a TLC match. Just, ooh, that would be great. I liked it. I liked that a lot. Um, someone doesn't like it. JD doesn't like it. Um, Dreon's messing with him. JD is saying, but I love Sammy with the bloodline. See, here's the thing. I love Sammy with the bloodline too. It's funny because he's just that over-enthusiastic friend. Um, that you just have who's just so excited to be a part of everything and it's so sweet but you know eventually it has to come to an end that's what it is and I thought it would have kept come to an end like I said earlier when Solo became a part of it because you know Sammy is only bloodline adjacent he doesn't share the actual blood like they all do like he's not an Anawaii they are so 
I thought for sure he would get thrown out, but he's not. But it's just like, even in the midst of that, you got Jay who doesn't like it. You got Jimmy who does, Solo who does, Roman who barely cares. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. But either way, it was really interesting. And that match, and then after that match, I thought maybe this was this would be where we would see the White Rabbit thing. But it still didn't happen. So either way, that's how SmackDown ended. And I feel like this show went by relatively fast. Um, and that surprised me. But either way, it was still a great show regardless. Um, it was a really solid show. I really loved it a lot. So, um, of course, they're still on the road. They are definitely on the road to Extreme Rules, which will be taking place in October in Philadelphia, which is the Extreme City, of course, you know, home to ECW. And they're an amazing um, wrestling town, wrestling city. So I'm more than sure that they will get it cracking there and it'll be cool. So, yeah. Tell me if you guys felt that or enjoyed um, this episode of SmackDown in the comments and tell me, you know, what more you guys love too. But in the meantime, in between time, as I also check on other technical things, we have to AEW Rampage, which of course took place in Queens, New York, um, which is a borough I have not had the pleasure of visiting yet, but hope to at some point. Um, their Grand Slam, of course, took place this week with Dynamite happening and, um, of course, Rampage happening on tonight. Their card was stacked because it was a two-hour show instead of a one-hour show. So, in the midst of that, there was just lots of good things going on, like lots of crazy stuff going on, too. I just, oh, I just cannot wait to talk about it. Um, so yeah, so Rampage started with this tag team match, no DQ between Sting and Darby Allen versus the House of Black. And of course, you know, it is a little bit different looking at House of Black without um, Malachi Black, but we do wish Malachi Black the best in whatever it is he chooses to do going forward because he is taking a break um, from um, wrestling at this point of his life because he just wants to chill and he's been through a lot in his life during the past few years. So we do wish him the best in his healing um, and wish him nothing but love and light. But, of course, you do still have um, Brody King, Julia Hart, and um, Buddy Matthews. And you have Sting versus and Darby Allen as well. So, as the House of Black was making their entrance, Darby and Sting proceeded to start the match from the outside. <laughs> because it was no DQ. They proceeded to fight with them um, throughout the um, their entrance and stuff like that and as they continue to fight them and beat up on them and everything they finally took it into the ring um and they just beat up on each other like so much and then they even took it out of the ring again fought on the stage where all of the all of the titan tron stuff is i know that's not what they call it forgive me and the tunnels are and everything fighting outside and stuff and then there was even a point where darby allen even hit a coffin drop from on top of one of the tunnels um and then brody king even caught him in midair i believe and then um 
threw him into a table and then um Darby Allen was bleeding from the back of his head now and it was just very extreme um but you know everybody was living for it and then Julia Hart got involved by handcuffing Sting now handcuffing Sting to the ring so he was kind of helpless in watching you know Darby Allen fight on his own um it was really sad um and then um Buddy Matthews came into the ring with um his bat and you know that's almost like wrestling sacrilege you don't grab Sting's bat and try to beat him with it um but somehow or another as he was sitting in the chair still handcuffed and Buddy Matthews had the baseball bat Sting was laughing in his face and we were just wondering and everybody on commentary was wondering you know why is he laughing like this isn't funny so in the meantime, as he's laughing, the lights go out again, and then the lights pop back on, and then we have the debut of Great Muta um, showing up in AEW, and of course, for those who watched wrestling back in the day in the 80s and 90s, um, the gr Great Muta and um, Sting had this amazing rivalry and fought wars back and forth in the ring, so they have their history, so he came out, because he's been going on his, apparently, his retirement tour, I guess you should, you could say, um, and he came out and gave off the impression that maybe he wasn't on Sting and Darby Allen's side, but then he was. And he spit green mist in Buddy Matthews' face. And then as he was flailing, he knocked um, Julia Hart off of the ring apron and onto a table. And she didn't crash the whole table. She knocked a piece of it off. And it was just really brutal looking. But either way, Sting and Darby Allen wound up winning the match. Um, it was still really interesting and it was still like like of course to the as, but of course you got to give the assist to the great muta um it was just really interesting for me because since i'm younger I'm, i was born in 1993 um i had never really seen the great muta before um so this was a learning experience for me but either way i still appreciate appreciated it and his contributions <laughs> to their match because uh it was just okay this match was all over the place but it was very extreme and they came in hot and that's something that I really do enjoy when the matches come in hot so it was really good I enjoyed it so tell me how you felt about it in the comments uh, we have new people joining the comments Ricky from YouTube saying hi hey Ricky Thank you for watching. Um, also saying he can't wait to be in D.C. for Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah, I imagine that's going to be a good time. Um, J.D. saying he's got to hop off. Thanks for the coverage. Thank you for joining us as usual. Um, so, yeah, this was a really good match. I loved it. It was cool. So moving on, we did have another match between um, Action Bronson and Hook, the FTW champion versus... Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society's Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and Cool Hand, Angelo Parker. So this was really interesting in the sense that Action Bronson is the one, is the person who created the theme song that Hook uses all the time. So he was coming, of course, to aid him because he came in from the audience and on Dynamite and actually beat up on members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So he decided to tag with Hook. And 
But before, of course, the match got started, Action Bronson performed the theme song live. And I thought it was pretty cool um, in the sense that he was able to do that in front of his hometown crowd as well, because I believe he is from Queens. So we had a lot of hometown action going on as well. So after he performed, the match got cracking and it was really good um, in the sense that Hook continues to impress me with all of his athleticism. Like if it's one thing he knows how to do, he will not only just knock you over and choke you out, he will maneuver his whole body in order to like throw off his opponent and make him wonder, you know, where is where is he going? Where is he going? And I thought that was really cool to see from Hook. But then it was also really cool to see how Action Bronson wasn't afraid to get in the ring either and he tackled Matt Menard. <laughs> a couple of times and wasn't afraid to get in there with Angelo Parker either and I thought that was really good um it was really exciting and I really enjoyed this match and as it turns out Hook and Bronson wound up winning winning when they when both of them locked their opponents in red rum submissions so they submitted their opponents and Hook and Action Bronson won the match so this was really good. Goth Vegan said, um, I enjoyed this match much more than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed it um, as well. I like this match a lot. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Action Bronson fight some more. I feel like it's beautiful that we're living in this age where rappers are, you know, becoming a part of wrestling and actually feeling more comfortable and more respectful, you know, to the wrestling business to the point where, you know, they want to do it right and do it justice. And so when they want to be a part of the show, they want to fight. And so they get training and then they show what they have to offer and proceed to, you know, make an amazing show, you know, for us wrestling fans. It's like now you have Action Bronson getting in the ring. Um, you had Trina later on tonight that I will talk about. You got Bad Bunny. You got other celebrities like Logan Paul. You got Lil Scrappy um, in Atlanta, you know, getting involved in wrestling too. Like, it's just a fun time to watch all these people get involved in wrestling and not be ashamed of it either. Hey, eh? never be ashamed. It's a cool thing. Wrestling is cool. <laughs> so yeah um that's how the match ended hook and action bronson came out with the win um so moving on with the mat with uh, the next match it was um between war joe um basically wardlow the tnt champion and samoa joe the ring of honor world television champion versus tony niece and josh woods of course with smart mark sterling out there and this match made me a little bit sad because I wanted to see more of what Wardlow has to offer as an athlete because um, I hadn't really seen him as much since he's become the TNT champion. Um, but it felt like this match, it felt like it was almost like a handicap match because there was a point where Wardlow um, tweaked his knee a little and was outside of the ring. So Samoa Joe really was fighting Josh Woods and Tony Nese by himself to an extent. Um, but Joe was still, you know, holding it down for the team. So it didn't look like, you know, he was upset or anybody was really upset about that fact um, at all. So Joe basically proceeded um, to beat up on Tony Nese and Josh Woods. And every time Tony Nese kept trying to fly high, 
Samoa Joe would just nonchalantly move out of the way and Tony would land on the mat. And it was just so funny how he would just go plop. Like that was just hilarious to me because Samoa Joe just does not care. <laughs> he did not give any Fs about Tony Nese's high flying hijinks. He did not care. Um, so yeah, so in the midst of that, um, Samoa Joe wound up winning with a um a buster. I don't want to call it a body buster or call or run the risk of calling it something like absolutely incorrect, but it was still really good. Um, Wardlow wound up coming in at the end and they wound up winning the match. So Wardlow wound up winning. And then after they won, um, they proceeded to beat up on smart Mark Sterling by giving a triple, um, basically a triple powerbomb symphony. And that's pretty much how that um, part ended. So that was cool. But moving right along, we they did talk about Paige. Well, not Paige, but I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I'm still wrapping my mind around all of this. Um, they talked about the Dynamite debut of Soraya, formerly known as Paige in WWE, and how it sent shockwaves throughout the entire wrestling community and how so many people were just happy to see her and they announced that on next wednesday on dynamite in um philadelphia she will be addressing the aew um fans and telling us you know what what she's there for what she's got cooking you know in the soraya oven i know i was very excited to see her um because i've always i've been a fan of her since 2012 um, and I just love her story um, of her coming from a wrestling family in England um, and just everything that she's had to persevere through in order to be on top in this um, in women's wrestling and just in wrestling as a whole. So I am excited to hear what she has to say and what she's going to um, contribute to the AEW women's division. So I'm really excited about that. And they did address that on um, Rampage tonight. So, yeah. Um, welcome to AEW, Soraya. Love you. Um, so after that, we had a really amazing, what I would consider probably the second match of the night, um, between Ray Phoenix, who is one third of the AEW World Trios champions, um, versus Jungle Boy. And you can tell that Jungle Boy really does respect Ray Phoenix, you know, for all he's done in wrestling and as a fellow high flyer. And boy, oh boy, in this match, they were really giving it to each other in terms of their hard body blows, a lot of their jumping and high flying abilities and their agility. Ray Phoenix on the ropes because he is that guy. Like, this match was amazing. I loved it so much. And even while they were on commercial, it's like it wasn't hard to pay attention, to not pay attention to the to the picture in picture stuff and just pay attention to the match because these two were really giving it their all and it was really, really great. Like I just I I wouldn't even be mad if they fought each other again and again and again and again and again. So I do recommend that, you know, however it is that you can rewatch Rampage, I do recommend that you please watch it because this match was fire. Um, it was really, really good. But in the midst of it all, um, Jungle Boy wound up winning. But after he won, he bowed to his knees and said, thank you to Ray Phoenix. 
and shook his hand. And then Ray Phoenix sat down, um, crisscross applesauce, and they hugged each other. And it was just a very beautiful show of honor, um, which is something that a particular Chris Jericho kept talking about since he's now the Ring of Honor um, world champion, even though he shouldn't be because he won in a very dishonorable way. But we're not going to discuss that right now. Um, it was just a really sweet moment between the two. And you can tell they really respect and love each other so much. Um, so that sweet moment didn't last long, however, because we had the return of Christian Cage with his cast on talking all of this crap at Jungle Boy and basically saying that he wanted to get back at Jungle Boy for um, hurting him before their set match at All Out. And he was distracting him while Luchasaurus was getting in the ring and getting ready to attack Jungle Boy Jack Perry from behind. And Luchasaurus was stepping on his face while um, Christian Cage was saying, since you want to attack me, you need to understand that you just don't need to mess with me anymore. And promise that you will never come back to AEW after tonight because if you do I will send my muscle luchasaurus after you and you better be glad that your mom and your sister aren't here to watch it and it's just so sad because he just keeps throwing mad shade at Jungle Boy's family and that's just not something you should do because of course Jungle Boy is passionate about the love he has for his sister and his mother and then of course there's his father the late great ja um the late great Luke Perry from um, Beverly Hills 90210. Um, it's just like, he just keeps doing that to just put salt in the wound. And he pretty much attacked him even more. And then Luchasaurus, I believe, gave him a power bomb. And then after that, it was just too much. So I'm hoping that Jungle Boy does is able to get back at the both of them um, at some point. And actually has like a partner that will stand up, you know against them but either way it was just kind of trash because jungle boy had that really amazing match and then he he couldn't even celebrate it because christian cage just had to be a bully but that's the world we live in so yeah so then after that we had another match which was between eddie kingston and sammy guevara now of course if you follow the internet wrestling community you know that these two have had a back and forth back and forth issues over the past couple of weeks with them being you know known backstage for you know messing with each other calling each other out of you know each other's names and stuff like they really just don't like each other in real life and they alluded to that on commentary um so this match started eddie kingston of course got a amazing ovation because of course he's a new york guy um, and then Sammy Guevara came out with his new entrance, which was very Dragon Ball Z anime-esque, and it was really cute, and I liked it. He came out with his Dragon Ball Z-esque trunks, and then Ty Mello was out there in her little yellow shorts or whatever, and they came out, and they was making out because, of course, they have to make out and gross us out and whatever. Um, <laughs> so Sammy decided to grab a, grab a microphone. And he cut a promo saying, well, basically, I just wanted to come out here and say one thing. 
you're a fat piece of ish. And so they finally started fighting and then they were just punching each other back and forth, punching each other back and forth and whatnot. And even after that, you know, they just basically just proceeded to just destroy each other, you know, and the match was just comprised of strikes and eye gouges from Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston is a brawler. That is his one of his greatest strengths outside of his promo work. He is a tough brawler. He is a guy that I would trust to protect me if I needed some security because he can throw down in terms of them fists, though. It's them fists. But I also worry about Eddie Kingston sometimes, too, because every time he fights or, you know, does a move, he grabs his back, you know, his lower back. And I'm just like, are you OK, Eddie? Um, please be OK. Um but then um, as he as the match went on, he proceed even though Sammy Guevara had a lot of offense going in, a lot of distraction tactics from Ty um, and his high flying abilities. Eddie Kingston wound up winning the match with three spinning back fists and a submission maneuver. But then when he refused to let go of the hold, because, of course, you know, he wanted to punish Sammy, um, the referee reversed the decision and declared Guevara as the winner which he celebrated outside or whatever. And that sucks because, I mean, why win by a decision when you know you got beat? Eddie Kingston beat him fair and square. He made him pass out. So why in the world would you just make a decision finish like that? Like, that sucked. So I guess this means that they might continue with their feud. I hope they do. Because, honestly, that ending was just kind of like, ugh, really? And so after that happened, Eddie proceeded to destroy the entire security system um, to end off that segment. So that was interesting um, and cool. So I hope that Eddie Kingston does get his lick back because winning, losing a match by decision when you know you didn't lose just has to sting a little. So moving on, we had, um, of course, women's action in the form of the TBS championship match between Jay Cargill, um, who came out with her baddies, um, and Diamante, who came out with Trina, um, because, of course, Diamante and Trina are both from Miami, the 305, as they kept calling it. Shout out to you guys. Um, so... Of course, Jay came out with her baddies, um, Kiara Hogan and um, Layla Gray. Um, and this match was relatively quick, which disappointed me because it's just Diamante was showing some really good strategy here in the sense that she started because, of course, you all know Jade is a tall girl um, and Diamante proceeded to attack body parts on Jade, like the thighs and the legs. Um, and the arms and stuff it was she had a really smart strategy going into it but somehow or another it turned out that Jade you know was able to still you know kick kick her and it was just and then she caught her and then there was even a point where Jade even caught her as she was flying off of the top turnbuckle and then she dropped her on the hard part of the apron of course which is the well the hard part of the ring which is the apron. And then she hit her finisher and that's how the match ended. Like I'm really getting tired of these matches ending so quickly. 
I understand that Jade is still learning in terms of her wrestling um, abilities and stuff, but I just wish this match was just a little bit longer and Diamante was able to show more of her wrestling prowess because I can't remember the last time I saw, like, I, well, no, I do remember the last time I saw a lot of Diamante for more than 10 minutes. It was when her and Big Swole fought um, in that three strikes match that was on AEW Dark. I believe that was fire, but it's just like, really like, because I'm not able to watch dark or dark elevation that much. Um, I really haven't seen Diamante like that. And I would have liked it a little bit better if she had more time or if they both had more time to really show what they could do, um, in this match. But sadly, it just doesn't seem like women's wrestling is, fully prioritized as much as it could be but either way jade is still undefeated she is now 38 and 0 and um excuse me and then even after that trina who came out with diamante wound up mushing diamante in the face pushing her off and lifting up the hand of jade because of course if you are a trina fan if you're a rap fan you know that Trina calls herself the baddest B. And of course, Jay calls herself that B. So both the Bs were together. Buzz buzz. But <laughs> I'm sorry. But either way, they were together. They had it, they got it cracking, and that's what's going on. So yeah, but either way, it was still too short. Like, make the women's matches longer. And even when thinking about how everybody was reacting to Soraya making her debut and how we're hoping that this might mean better for the women's division. It's just that you have a boatload of talent, women's talent there who basically helps start or jumpstart AEW who we rarely see on television. And I just want more for them as opposed to, you know, having newer people come and then you give them all the world all at once and then they wound up thrown to the side like everybody else is for the new best thing. I want so much more for AEW's women's division um, and not just having it ride on one new person, but just having all of your female talent shown on a regular and more consistent and longer basis and equal basis as the men are. I hope that's not too much to ask for, but either way, that's just what I would like. But Jade is still undefeated. That's what we've got going on. So next, we had the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Um, of course, the winner of this match um, would get a world title shot um, at a date to be announced this week, which I believe they did announce it was supposed to be um, next week. So I won't go into all of the logistics of the Battle Royal because these matches are really long and they tend to run really long. But in the meantime, in between time, let me go to the comments. Um, Goth Vegan said it was so short, the women's match, and we didn't get to see a buildup to Trina siding with Jade. You're right. We didn't get to see a buildup. It just happened all of a sudden. Like we only got to see Trina with Diamante on Wednesday backstage. And we really didn't get a build up to that either. Because she just said, oh, well, I just have somebody. And then she just brought Tr Trina out. 
and that was it. And I'm just like, that's different considering Hook, you know, was Hook had um Action Bronson by his side and he had a whole little, you know, fall to roll to do. So why didn't you give Trina all of that to do with Diamante if that was the case? And then there was no buildup to Trina siding with Jade like that. It was almost like they just built put them together simply because of, you know, poops and giggles. But I don't know. That's a good point that you brought up, though, Goth Vegan. I appreciate that. She also says, someone tell Tony that women can tell stories, too. That part. That part. Preach it, Goth Vegan. Preach it. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Women's wrestling matters, okay? Um, But either way, also, if you want to watch more women's wrestling, you guys can watch WoW Superheroes. That comes on um, tomorrow. on various channels that you might have, but yeah. Either way, moving on to the next match, um, the Golden Ticket Battle Royal happened. I won't go fully into that, but just know that the last two in the match was Hangman Adam Page and Roosh, and they went back and forth until Hangman Adam Page was able to eliminate Roosh, and Hangman Adam Page won, so now he has a title opportunity, I believe, next week against John Moxley at Dynamite. So, congratulations to him. And also another part that kind of upset me tonight was just hearing Chris Jericho talk about um, honor and winning with honor since he is the Ring of Honor World Champion. But either way, you're not the champion. I mean, you are the champion, but you didn't win the championship with honor. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I've mentioned that before, but either way, that that's something that irritated me. So, moving on to the main event, y'all. This is a long night, but here we are. Um, we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks in what they said was a lights out match, but they really didn't turn the lights out. So, I don't know why they um, announced it as such tonight. Um, but either way, that was what was going on. They had an interview backstage. And then Ricky Starks had a really dramatic entrance that I really liked because he gave me, like, I don't know what vibe it gave me, but it was a very dramatic movie type of vibe that he gave me. And I feel like Ricky Starks is a star, and I hated hearing that he lost at All Out. So I'm really glad that they, both of them got to fight each other again. And Powerhouse Hobbs, I can't say enough good things about him in terms of his in-ring work. That is a big man, and he is a monster. But the thing is, he doesn't have to steal his powers um, like the Monstars of Space Jam did. But either way, this match was really, really good. Like, of course, this was a grudge match. Um, So they were bringing weapons in the ring, chairs, tables. There was even a point where Hobbs went towards the tunnels and tore out a piece of the tunnel um, to try to hit Ricky Starks with the Ricky duct um, and moved out of the way. Um, It was just a lot of chaos going on with this match. It was really um, interesting in terms of them trying to destroy each other. There was even a point where I think Ricky even got thrown into like the chair, the back of some chairs. And I was just like, oh my God, Ricky, get up, get up. 
Like, I just wanted him to actually win and not just be, you know, ran through by Powerhouse Hobbs. And that's exactly what happened. Ricky Starks wound up winning with his finisher. Um, and he overcame him. And this match was really good. And I don't care what anybody says. I feel like Ricky Stark should be in contention for the AEW championship. It's like you keep putting the same people in championship contention all the time instead of putting like newer people. And I really feel like Ricky Starks could be one of those people because he has the um, charisma and he clearly has the wrestling ability. Like strap the rocket to him and make him the AEW champion. Do a black male AEW champion, please. Like, let it happen. But either way, that's how AEW Rampage ended. So this was a really solid week in wrestling. This was a solid night in wrestling. Um, To those who um, joined me on tonight, thank you guys for joining me. I know it's late, um, and it's, you know, actually 12 in the morning um, for some people, including me. But thank you guys for joining and watching, especially popping off in the comments for what you did and didn't like and stuff. And I know it's different because it is, you know, just me um, and not me and Santana, but she will be back next week. And I know I was missing last week, but either way, um, we're still, we are still here giving you the best content possible. So um, thank you for joining me for the Women's Wrestling Talk Smackdown and Rampage after show. Um, please know that you can follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. Um, I will have a new episode of my show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, coming out on tomorrow where I talk about all the things I liked in wrestling this week and news and gossipish. And I will have a special um, on Soraya, formerly known as Paige, because like I mentioned earlier, I'm a big fan of her. So I will be talking about that on my new episode as well. And I'm prepping, of course, just to talk about what I have um, else cooking. I will be at New York Comic Con um, on October um, the 8th, I believe, or the, the 7th or the 8th. Either way, the first full week of October, that weekend, I will be at New York Comic Con participating in a panel for women of color in wrestling called Behind the Magic. So if you're at New York Comic Con at the Javits Center during that weekend, please come and check it out. Um, we will be in room 406.1 at 6 p.m. at the Javits Center. So please check that out and listen to us talk about all of our journeys, you know, in wrestling as women of color. It's Katrina Blake, who is one of my sisters here on Women's Wrestling Talk. Karen Bam Bam, who is an accomplished wrestler in her own right. Um, Shantice, a.k.a. Hearts from um, Talk of Champions, and Shay Sawyer and Lowe from Wrestling Windown. All of us will be in this panel, and I hope that you are able to join us um, so we can talk about everything that's going on in wrestling from our perspective as um, women of color in wrestling. So, of course, please subscribe and follow us, um, Women's Wrestling Talk, on Instagram and Twitter at WWTalkPod. 
Also check out our website, www.talkpod.com. So you can check out our interviews, our merchandise, and check out all of our various articles and opinion pieces, as well as, of course, all the articles that we have, that our writing staff has prepared for Hispanic Heritage Month, which lasts from September the 15th to October the 15th. We will be highlighting women of Hispanic descent and our writer staff is doing such an amazing job with that this month. So please check out all of those articles that we're releasing every day, um, highlighting women of Hispanic descent in wrestling. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to chime in and tell us in the comments who are some of your favorite Hispanic women in wrestling or just Hispanic people, period. You know, don't be afraid to say so. So, yeah, please check us out there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and also subscribe to our Twitch if you are on Twitch because we get it popping on there each and every day with news, stuff that's going on in the indies, recapping shows, after shows, watch-alongs, the whole nine yards. We've got it. So, Thank you guys for supporting us and for joining uh, me on tonight and this morning um, on Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. And until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Bye, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.